0: continuing our sermon series, uh, Deep, where we're trying to explore the deep things of God and how we can uh, allow the Holy Spirit to go deep into our lives and affect real change. And today's message is called Replace. Um, Just to remind folks of where we've been, uh, we've been using a lot of imagery of like, uh, you know, farming imagery of of, uh, planting and growing things. And uh, so we've been uh, talking about that parable, the sower and the seed, And I was just kind of reminded um, of uh, uh, how there are things that are uh, kind of buried underneath, and we can't always see what those things are, uh, but eventually they do come out, even though much of it is underneath the surface. And so we talked about this last week. Uh, This is from Luke 12, 2, that nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known, and so we're talking about that some of us, we have hidden away in our hearts some of the hurts and traumas, and we carry those things with us, and they come out sometimes. We may not want them to, but we have uh, learned certain behaviors of how to deal with certain kinds of trauma and hurts and triggers in our lives, and um, it's not always a choice. It's just something that happens uh, almost automatically. And so, you know, uh, Jesus was addressing especially uh, Pharisees and how they have learned to hide things and how to make everything look good. But he said this, that there's nothing hidden that won't be uncovered. It's going to come out at some point. And so I I wanted to talk today about how we can really start to root those things out uh, because one of the things we mentioned last time is that those things, those hurts, if they have not truly been healed, they will come back up in our lives, right? And all of us, we have issues, right? We have things that have hurt us, that haven't been fully healed. They've just been hidden in our hearts, and they will just keep coming up over time. I mentioned this last week that one of my big hurts is rejection. You know, from a young age, feeling rejected, rejected by society. I don't know, maybe because I didn't look like other people. You know, there might be a lot of reasons for that, maybe because I was shorter and I didn't get picked for stuff or, you know, I wasn't people's first choice. And, you know, there, there's just lots of rejection that those things just started to get buried in my heart and they, they just keep coming out. It, it, it could be something very simple. You know, maybe just someone says something about my sermon or something and they don't mean anything by it, but it just connects back into that story. And that hurt, it just comes back up. It reemerges and so, friends, I just want to acknowledge that, you know, as we are dealing with a lot of this stuff, we're talking about going deep. I want to uh, tell you about uh, the iceberg principle. And, and maybe some of you guys have heard this. Uh, they talk about this a lot with organizations and with uh, a, a lot of different things. It can apply to a lot of things. But if you guys may know, um, I can't show you the slide. Uh, if you have the slides from, uh, that, that someone sent out, you can see uh, an iceberg. An iceberg has 90% of it Uh, Underneath the surface. You guys turn around, you can see it. So what people see is only 10%, but 90% of the iceberg is hidden under the water, right? And this is true of our lives, right? And so again, there might be some stuff, some hurt or some trauma or certain kind of behaviors and things in your heart that uh, just kind of get buried deep within you, right? Um, And, and, you know, we only see about 10%. And sometimes it's like those things, they get unearthed at certain times, especially during, like, stressors, right? Like, if you're really stressed out, you're really tired. Um, I've heard that there's, like, a a, a different kind of – there's an acronym that people use for how some of these things start to come out of our lives. Um, And and it's basically, um, like, uh, B-halts, like, bored, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, right? And and when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or or bored, th- that's when we're most susceptible and these things can kind of emerge, you know, out from the depths and they come to the surface. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but some of us are like, yo, where did that come from? And and one of the scary things is that sometimes when those things emerge, we're not in control of them. Friends, I, I'm just, you know, we're just talking here. So I, I, I don't mean to, like, like I'm, I'm not trying to you know, put anyone on blast, you know. I, I, I don't want you to feel attacked. <laughs> Safe place, right? But let's just ask ourselves, right? I'm not asking you, like, again, you, you don't have to stand up or anything. How many of you have gotten so angry that you just seem to lose control? Like, you were not in control anymore. Has that happened to anyone? Anyone? I'm raising my hand. That's happened to me. Has there ever been a time where you've become so anxious that people are talking to you and they're telling you very rational, reasonable things that with your mind it makes sense, but your heart is still beating a million beats a minute, and and you can't control it? You're shaking. You're sweating. You feel like you can't breathe. You feel like you're going to die. You can't control it. Have you ever felt like that? I'm also raising my hand. Have you ever felt despair? Have you ever felt like just a deep sense that just everything is meaningless, there's no hope, right? And again, rationally, you know that there is. You know that there are good things out there, but it feels like the sun will never shine again. You ever felt like that and you can't control it? It feels like you'll never get out. Sometimes we call it depression. Sometimes we call it despair. Again, I'm raising my hand. I've felt all of these things. What is going on, friends? There is something that I I want us to understand. Um, And I'm going to talk in this way. Um, I I, I apologize that maybe some of you, uh, when we start talking about spirits, we we get a little uncomfortable. Some of us, we have backgrounds where we're thinking like exorcist and we're thinking, right, like things that you've seen in the media, right? Um, I'm going to give you a much more simple explanation of what a spirit is. Really, I want to explain to you what a spirit does, and, and it's not that difficult to understand. You know, I, I know our, our modern psychology and all these things, it, we, we don't like talking this way. We feel like it's so, like, primitive, right? But once I explain what a spirit does, maybe you'll start to understand why this is so practical for us to talk about this. So uh, if you guys have been to LGM before and you've heard me talk about spirits, I have a question for you. There's some of you here. I'm not going to point you out, but I might look at you. What do spirits do, friends? What do spirits do? Uh, I, I always tell people, remember the song Oceans. Do you guys remember that? It's in the bridge, I think. It goes, spirit Lead me where my trust is without borders. I don't know why I have to sing it in falsetto. It just, it just works. It just works. What do spirits do, friends? Spirit lead. Spirit lead. That's what spirits do. Spirits lead. Okay? So when we're talking about these times in your life where you lose control, you cannot control it. It's like something else is leading you. It's a spirit. Right? Follow me so far? Right? It doesn't have to be like, woo! Right? It it can be the spirit of anger. Right? You get so angry, you lose control. It can be the spirit of depression or despair. Right? You feel like like, like it's just darkness, and, and you'll never see the sun again. It can be the spirit of anxiety or fear. Right? Does that make sense, friends? And in those moments, we're not really in control. Not really, right? It, it, it's, it's, I'm not going to go so far to say you're possessed, right? But you're being led. You're being influenced. And friends, I, I have to say, there's so much in our lives that can you see why there were people in uh, Jesus's time that, you, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's a spirit that they're, they're just gripped by it and they can't be free. There are some people that they would like injure themselves over and over. They couldn't stop. They're like, Jesus, help me. Save me. Save me. Right? And and I know that sometimes when we say that phrase, save me, it's become, you know, Jesus, make sure I go to the good place after I die. And it, it can be that. I'm not saying it's not that, but I just know in my life when I have been in a place where I cannot control some of these things, I understand. I understand why people would cry out to Jesus, save me. I don't want to suffer from these anxiety attacks anymore. I don't want to suffer from this this feeling of despair and just feel like there's no hope. I don't want to suffer from, you know, like this anger where I blow up at my kids and I blow up in traffic and I, I feel like I want to ram the car in front of me. Like, what? What is that about? I want to stop, but sometimes I can't. Jesus saved me. And friends, if you understand that, then I think you'll understand when Jesus starts talking about spirits, you know, uh, what, I, I think this passage, it, it, it's one that a lot of us just gloss over because we don't understand spirits. Again, you don't have to understand it from this, like, you know, uh, like, like, what is it? Is it some kind of manifestation, whatever? You just need to understand what they do. They lead you, right? And if we can understand that, that there is something, a spirit of fear, a spirit of anger, a spirit of anxiety, a spirit of despair, then then we can, we can uh, you know, start from somewhere, Right? And so this is what Jesus says, and this is after Jesus actually cleansed a spirit from someone, he cast it out, right? and people had all kinds of questions about that, and this is what Jesus says. It's a very curious uh, teaching. Again, I think we, we pass by it because we don't understand it, but... Maybe we'll start to understand it from, uh, uh, from some of the things we've been talking about. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. I don't know, friends, what that means, but one of the things that I thought about uh, as I was reflecting on this passage is, you know, we've been using uh, the metaphor, two kind of main metaphors for the deepness of God, the spirit of God. We've been talking about growing things right? And then we've been talking about water, like living water, right? And oftentimes we talk about the Holy Spirit almost like water. So it's very interesting that it says the unclean spirit, when it goes out of a person, it passes through waterless places. I don't know if that means places where the Holy Spirit isn't. Interesting though, right? It passes through waterless places, seeking rest and finding none. It says I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Uh, Kind of scary sounding, right? But again, if we understand spirits as not as like the woo kind of spirits, but think of it in terms of what we just explained, like a spirit of anger, right? Right? Or, or, or spirit of anxiety or fear, right? Have you ever seen in your life where it almost is like other spirits get added onto that? Maybe you started with the spirit of anger and it becomes a spirit of hatred, spirit of vengeance, right? It started as a spirit of anxiety and then it becomes a spirit of fear and then a spirit of racism or spirit of division, right? Do you ever see this where it seems like things get worse, right? It doesn't naturally get better, right? And so friends, I want to try to explain this, what's happening here, what I think is happening here. So, you know, let's say that you are being led by a spirit that is not of Christ. You get super angry, right? And you're just like, ah, right? And you're like, ah, stupid traffic, and ah, right? And, and it doesn't last forever. It goes away, right? I mean, I hope it doesn't last forever. I mean, probably you'd be locked up if it did, right? You would have caused so much destruction, the police would have to get involved at some point. Most of us, we calm down, right? Heart rate returns to normal. You're like, okay, I don't know what that was, but hi, family. Hi, church, right? And we get over it at some point. It's not there anymore, right? But this is the thing. Doesn't it seem like it comes back? Right? So everything is fine. You know, you calm down, clean yourself up, right? You're like, okay, okay, I'm cool. Okay, I'm totally relaxed. A couple days pass, and another stupid person cuts you off. And then it happens again. Maybe, maybe over time, it actually gets worse. And maybe that spirit of anger becomes a spirit of rage. Maybe it becomes so uncontrollable start breaking things or hitting things or yelling at people instead of just yelling inside your car or feeling that rage inside. It just starts to spill over, right? So friends, there seems to be this principle that if it is not dealt with, right, not properly, like it just kind of goes away, that it seems like there's something within that person that is still open to the spirit. Right? Your life, your heart, your mental um, you know self, your 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 mind is still a hospitable place for this spirit. So much so that the spirit is like, yo, we can't find anywhere else to go. Let's go back to that guy, right? Let's go back to that woman, right? Remember how much fun we had in there? Remember how nice that house was? Let's go in and let's have a party. And it starts to let in these other spirits. Come on, anger. Come on, depression, right? Come on, come on in and let's let's have a party. That seems to be what Jesus is saying, right? And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So there's a few things going on here, friends. One of the questions that we might have is, really, we've been asking this the whole time. How do we change? How do we become people who are not led by whatever spirit of this world, and not even just led by our spirit, by what we want, but are led by the Holy Spirit? That we can do what God wants. That we can, you know, love and forgive and, you know, like, like again, these are kind of contrary things, right? There, there's spirits that are coming in and they're, they're having their way in our lives, in our minds, right? In our nervous system, right? And it's causing damage. This is not good. We want to get rid of that. But, friends, this whole, the message, if you remember, it's called Replace, Right, We don't want to just get rid of that spirit and have it return again at some point and maybe get worse over time. We want to learn how to replace it. Right? And that seems to be what Jesus is saying. If it is not replaced, it's just going to get worse. It's going to come back. It's going to keep coming back again and again and again. And so we need the spirit of Christ to come in. right? And so... What does that look like? Well, there's a very famous uh, uh, scripture in Revelation. Maybe one of the few scriptures in Revelation that anyone ever quotes, because the, the rest of it is uh, so mysterious and there's a lot of metaphors and symbolism in uh, Revelation. But this is probably the best known, and it, it's it's kind of like like to me. It's always tied to this picture, and I actually put this up here. Um, can we go to uh, the, you see Jesus like knocking on the door? Do you get, have you guys ever seen that painting? Right? I've seen this sometimes at churches or at people's homes, you know, and it's just so nice, right? Like Jesus comes, he's like, can I come in? Anyone home? Right? And, and this is the scripture. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And so there is this, again, we're talking about our lives, our hearts, our minds as if it's a house, right? Like what Jesus is talking about right? And these spirits are coming, and they want to lead, but we don't want those spirits in. No, we want the Holy Spirit. We want the Spirit of Christ, and Christ is also knocking, and he's saying, I want to come into your life, and I want to lead there, and I want to make everything, you know, healed, and all these kinds of things, but this is the question we have. What if Jesus comes knocking, and it's kind of like when, when you're uh, in the airplane, and, and, and you really have to use the bathroom. And you go to the back, and you're like, oh, and and you look at the door, and you see the the, the red symbol, right? So if you guys go back there, right, you you see that red symbol. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does it say? It sometimes says what? Occupied, right? Occupied. So Jesus is coming, and he's like, I want to come in. I want to come in. But it may be, yo, there's already spirits in here. They're partying. They're having a great time. Right? And they're here to stay, at least for the time being. right? And again, yes, sometimes they go away. But if it never gets filled, they keep coming back. And I wonder if Jesus wants to come in. The Holy Spirit wants to come in. But we're already full. right? There's no vacancies. There's no room for the Spirit of Christ to come in. right? And so, friends, I, I'm just kind of reminded of how Jesus talked to the Pharisees. We actually quoted the scripture last week where he's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking about these people who act like they're so religious, but he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup. You make yourself look good. You clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full." They are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside may also be clean. This idea that you may be full. You're full of something, right? See, this is the thing. Why couldn't the Pharisees listen to Jesus? Why? No vacancy. Occupied. They were full, right? Right? You can't just add Jesus to your life. That's what most of us try to do. We just try to add Jesus to everything that we've already been doing, right? And your way of doing things, your way of running your life. And by the way, at times, right, it doesn't even seem like we're in control of our lives. We're being controlled by different spirits, spirit of anger, spirit of despair, spirit of anxiety and fear, right? And they're just having their way with us. And we think that's what we want sometimes. And so Jesus comes along and he's knocking. And, and sometimes we're wondering, we're like, why doesn't he come in? Why doesn't Jesus heal me? Why doesn't Jesus help me? Why does my life never change? You know why your life never changes? Because your life is full. You don't have room for the Holy Spirit. Right? And that's why I don't change either. right? Because... I just keep living these patterns, this story. And and this is the thing, right? If we want to change, then we have to change. (laughs) I know that that's like the most obvious stupid statement I've ever made in my life. But it's true. And we don't like change. We want change, we need change, but we don't like change. because it's uncomfortable. It's not what you're used to. Your, your, Your whole life, your whole mind, your whole psyche, it gets used to the way it does things. Right? This is why you see some people who are in terrible situations in their home life, and they never leave. And you're like, how could you not leave? It's like, because it's familiar. I don't know what else is out there. Change is so terrifying. Their life is full. Their life is full of their routines and the way they usually do things. And in order to change those things, you're going to have to empty some things out. You're going to have to remove those things, before something new can come in. And so friends, if you know that, I want to show you the verse that comes right before Revelation 3.20, right? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Before that says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. So what comes before Jesus coming in? What comes before? Repentance. Repentance means you turn. Right? You turn from the things that you were once doing. You can't do those things anymore. If you want Jesus to come in, you've got to empty those things out. Otherwise, there is no room for the Holy Spirit. Right? You have to learn to start being unhooked from the way that the spirits usually lead us. Right? Because these two things, they're in direct competition to each other. There's good news, though. If you can let the right spirit in, that right spirit is stronger than the other spirits. This is what Jesus says. He says, when a strong man, and by the way, this is actually came right before the passage we just read about you know, the spirits, uh, when an unclean spirit leaves. He says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides the spoil. So friends, the spirits you are up against are strong. But if you can replace them, if you can create a space for the Holy Spirit to come in, right? And maybe there's those moments where the the spirit kind of leaves you for a little bit, right? And you're kind of calmer and you're like, now Holy Spirit, come in. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And if the Holy Spirit can come and dwell here, now when the spirits return, they can't come in anymore because now there's someone stronger, right? It's like, yo, no, you're not coming into this house. Mm. Mm. This house is protected, right? Yo, no occupancy. It's already occupied by the Holy Spirit, right? Come on, come on, people, right? This is what we want, right? a stronger spirit to come in. Friends, I I want to show you really what is happening with these kinds of spirits. What kind of spirit is it? We talk about the Holy Spirit, but this is the thing. How can you welcome the Holy Spirit if you don't know what it is? Because I think a lot of us, in our misunderstanding of it, one of the greatest ways that Satan keeps us away from the things of God and from God, God's self, is by making us afraid of God. We're always afraid of what we don't know, aren't we? And most of us, we think about the Holy Spirit, and we're like, I just don't know what that is. If, if, if I were to, I, I, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Like, like, when I have that thought of just being like, Holy Spirit, come, you know, I have, like, weird mental images of, like, people at strange like, like televangelist gatherings and people are falling on the ground and like shaking and barking like dogs and running around and I don't know about you, I've seen things like that. Or I don't know, maybe there's like some crazy homeless person outside and he's yelling about God and muttering to himself or you know, I don't know, maybe there's someone who just, like they suddenly quit their job and they moved to Africa or something and I'm like, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want the Holy Spirit to have free reign. I want to be in control. I don't know if I can really say Holy Spirit lead. Because I'm afraid. I think that's really what it boils down to. If I'm being really honest, I'm afraid of the Holy Spirit. So what is the Holy Spirit? Let's look. Hey, it's so great, though. The the Bible will tell us, right? Um, So guys, uh, this is what it says in 1 John um, 4. 11 through 18. So, you guys can look that up. We're, we're going to spend a little bit of time on this. So, this is a passage where um, John is trying to teach about what it means to be one with Christ, to remain in Christ. And it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. That's a whole nother sermon. We're not going to get into that today. But I just want you to understand what he's talking about, right? Which is, if you love other people, then God's love will be in you. And, and you will be abiding in God. God will be abiding in you. He will be in you. In other words, the Holy Spirit will be in you. And his love is perfected in you. He's loving you and you're loving other people. Okay, got that? That's all we need, right? By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirits. This is how you know that God is in you. He's given you his Spirits, what kind of spirit is that? Did you see it? Don't worry, it'll make it clear uh, as we continue. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. What kind of spirit does God have? Well, it says, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. What kind of spirit is the spirit of God? What kind of spirit is the Holy Spirit? It's the spirit of love, friends. I just don't know how to be more clear, right? I don't know if John can be more clear. It's a spirit of love. He says, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. You don't need to be afraid anymore because as he is also, we are in this world. The way that Jesus was, the way that he was loving people, the way that he was loved by the Father, that's the way we are going to be in this world if we have the Holy Spirit abiding in us. He says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Did you notice that nasty, dirty trick that Satan plays with us? You know how he keeps the Holy Spirit from you? He gets you to fear it. What kind of spirit is the spirit of Christ? Is it a spirit of love? Heaven, no. Heaven, no, it's not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of love, right? That these two things are oil and water, right? They're yin and yang. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. What is the spirit of Christ doing? It is casting out the spirit of fear. Any spirit that is not of Christ, it's casting it out. That's what we need. So how do you get it? Do you catch it, what it said? It said, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So friends, um, I think there's, there's a lot of times where we, we, we kind of like this idea of like, yeah, I, I don't want to have any anxiety. I don't want to have fear. I don't want to have anger. I want to have depression. I want to be rid of these things. But as we said, if nothing comes to fill the void, it will come back. You need a different kind of spirit. And we get that spirit through the confession that Jesus is the son of God. So the spirit of Christ is telling us truly who Christ is. He's not just your friend. He's not just a prophet who lived a couple thousand years ago and just had some like cool sayings that people remembered right? He is the actual son of God. And that spirit wants to live with you. That Jesus, who is the son of God, came to die for you. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means you literally don't need to be afraid of anything. If you can know that, and know that in your bones, that the God that we worship sent his son to die for you, Right? That's who we worship. When we talk about the kingdom of God, and we're citizens of the kingdom of God, and what Jesus says that, hey, seek first the kingdom of God, and then you don't need to worry about anything. Don't be anxious about what you're gonna eat or drink. Don't be anxious about this life because God is gonna take care of you. That's something that was fully in Jesus because he knew his father. Right? You guys remember that when Jesus began his ministry, he heard that voice. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. He internalized that. He knew that, right? He knew that God was his father. And remember what it says. If we can have this spirit, we will be as he was. How was Jesus? You guys remember the one story? I I share this a lot, but it's a great picture of what it looks like to have a kingdom heart. That there was that one time where uh, the disciples and Jesus are in a fishing boat. And Jesus is down below, and a great storm whips up. So there's wind and waves, and probably this boat is rocking. And you hear the thunder, and probably everything's shaking. And all the disciples are acting exactly the way I would act. What happens when a plane starts shaking? Are you like... God is with me, everything is fine. Or are you like, oh my gosh, right? That's what the disciples were doing. They're like, oh my, oh my, oh, right? And they're yelling and they're screaming and they're crying and they're like, Jesus, Jesus, save us. And Jesus, oh, Jesus was sleeping. He gets up, hey, you have little faith. Hey, waves, calm down. You're gone. So different. We can be as he was. We can have that heart. You think Jesus was led by the same spirits we were? No. He was led by a completely different spirit where there's no fear. There's no anger. There's no depression. There is none of that. It's just love. Right? And that's what we want. That's what we need. We need to replace the spirits that have been guiding us, and we need this spirit. So friends, how do we do that? I just want to share three real quick things uh, before we close today. Um, And and one is, uh, if you guys can go to those white slides there at the end, uh, one is to recognize, right? And when I say recognize is to recognize that you are led by spirits other than Christ. I've heard some people push back on these kinds of sermons and they're like, Pastor Steve, you know, we're Christians. Don't we all have the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, yeah, you know, in some sense we do, right? But, but I, I don't know, like, all the logistics of how it works. But all I know is that in my life, there are times where it doesn't really seem, like maybe the Holy Spirit is present in some way that I don't understand, right? But I'm actually being led by fear right now. I'm actually being led by anger right now, right? And so the spirit is not fully manifest in my life. And so instead of just being like, no, Pastor Steve, I'm gonna reject this teaching because I, I believe I'm under the Holy Spirit, but here you are getting like wrathful and angry and vengeful and depressed and all of these kinds of things. And you're like, okay, well, what good is that doing you to be in denial of what's actually leading your life? So you gotta recognize, right? What does it say? What does Jesus always say? Right? You will know the truth, they will know the truth, and the truth will set them free. you got to enter into truth. you got to be in a place where you can recognize and say, like, okay, right now I'm out of control. Right now this is not ideal. Or maybe you can't recognize that at the time, but when you come out of it and you're feeling, like, like really embarrassed and you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't have yelled at my kids. Oh, my gosh, like, why did I get so, like, crazy for a second? You know, or more than a second in most cases. Like, what was that? Just recognize, like, it's being led by another spirit, right? And, and it's, it's not your fault per se, but you have allowed that into your life. Does that make sense? It's just automatic at this point. But at some point, you allowed that into your life. And we got to recognize that, right, before we can do something about it. And then the second thing is to repent, Right? And repent is to turn from that, to recognize that we don't want that anymore. Right? And you confess that. You're like, Jesus, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this spirit. Right? Instead of justifying, that's what a lot of people do. Right? They're like, oh, well, that person deserved it. Or, oh, you know, everyone gets angry once in a while. Right. And friends, I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm just like, I don't want the excuses anymore. I just don't want it anymore. <laughs> right? I just don't want to be led by this anymore. It's terrible. It's breaking my life, right? It's just not good for me. So what's the point of just justifying it to make you feel a little bit better about it, but really, like like there's so much damage that has been caused by these spirits that have been leading you, right? To say, I want something different. That's the beginning of repentance. You recognize that it's happening, and then you say you want something different. You're like, Jesus, save me. It's that simple, Jesus saved me. I want something different. I want to give this to you, right? And if you allow the Holy Spirit in, you're kind of saying like, okay, hey, get out, spirit. Get out. I'm sorry, I'm going to use a little Korean. 나가, get out, right? You're just kind of like, no, I don't want it, right? Just get out, get out. You know? and, and friends, you have that authority in Christ, right? To be like, I don't want it anymore. And, and, and if you can allow for that, then we get to the last place, which is replace, You replace it. You receive the spirit of Christ. And in this, friends, is that recognition. And this might take some time, but you recognize, right, when you are replacing it with the spirit of Christ, what kind of spirit is this? It's not your spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not just the spirit that's out there in the world. It's not a universal spirit. I know that's very trendy nowadays. But it's the spirit of Christ, the Son of God, the Actual son of God. And if that's true, we have a personal God. We have a God who loves us, who knows you. He knows every hair on your head. And in these moments where you just recognize that, you know, this can happen very, very very quickly. In a a moment, friends, I actually want to practice this. You you recognize something that that you don't want, right? You're like, okay, I've been led by the spirit of fear. And then you repent for that. God, I'm sorry that I let that in my life, that I started to believe that, that I started to hook my life into that, that I came into agreement with the spirit of, of fear or anger or depression. I don't want it anymore. Then you take a moment and you replace it. One of the things you can do, if you know scripture, if you know the promises of God, claim the promises of God in that moment. You said, you said, you said, that I'm worth more than two sparrows. You said that not even hell could separate me from your love. You said that your son, right, that you were well pleased with him, that he was your beloved, and I believe you are saying that to me as well. It's not always going to be so emotional. There are just moments where You know, Just going through my day, you just take a deep breath and you just know, God, you're in control. God, if you're my father, then I don't need to fear anything. You just let that spirit wash over you. It might take some time to fully believe it, but the more you confess that, the more you allow that in, right? And without any fear, you just let God love you. You let God be your father. You trust that if God loves you, then if you let him in, nothing bad's going to happen, right? He's only going to lead you to that which is good for you. It's not always going to be what you want. Like, please, do not misunderstand this. It's not wish fulfillment. It's not going to give you everything you want. But he's going to give you good things, right? He's going to give you his love. He's going to give you his peace. He's going to give you his joy. He's going to give you his patience, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, gentleness, his self-control. Amen? So, friends, let's just take a moment and... You know you see these three things and can you just think of a moment in your life where maybe you were being led by a spirit that was not so good maybe it happened this morning you just really got super anxious maybe it happened this past week you got kind of wrathful and angry You just kind of lost control can you think about that moment and just recognize it just name it just confess it you know lord I think that was the spirit of anger. It, I mean, you know, if you don't know the terms, it's okay. You can just say, I think. I think that was the spirit of fear. Or Maybe you're like, I definitely know that was the spirit of fear. <laughs> you can name it. Lord, I think that was the spirit of rejection. And then can you repent for that? Lord, I don't want that anymore. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I turn from that. I don't want that in my life anymore. And then receive, replace. Holy Spirit, come into my life again. Remind me that I'm your child, that you're in control of this whole darn universe. I don't need to fear anything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Praise team, can you come up? And while the praise team is coming up, they're just gonna lead us in a closing praise. Let's just in that spirit, just, just rest in that knowledge that there is a God of the entire universe. He created the heavens and the earth. We are astronomically small in the cosmic scheme of things, and yet he knows your name. He's counted every hair on your head. He's looking out for you. He has a hope and a future for you. He doesn't want to harm you. He wants to prosper you. He has so many things for you. He's knocking. Will you let him in? Will you let him in? It's the spirit of love. He wants you to know how loved you are. He wants you to be held. He wants this knowledge, not just knowledge in your head, but knowledge in every fiber of your being, in your nervous system. You're safe. You're loved. He wants to fill every crevice to to just blot out, to just completely, just shut out a spirit of rejection, the spirit of fear, the spirit of anger, a spirit of depression, a spirit of hopelessness, a spirit of death. Where we rebuke all those things in Jesus' name. You have no place here. And instead, Holy Spirit, come, Spirit of love, remind us of who we are and whose we are. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. As rise for closing worship.